Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Jetpacks are overrated. I'm Seamus Byrne, this is Jetpacks Are Overrated, and I'm out visiting Optus headquarters today because I was invited to have a chat with Harvey Wright, who is the head of 5G. We have all been hearing so much about what is 5G going to be. We've been hearing about uh, the promises of what it might be one day. The phones are now on the market. It seemed like a really good time to catch up with somebody who absolutely knows and is trying to drive this sort of new era of wireless networks uh, for one of the, Australia's biggest telcos. And uh, yeah, Harvey, thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much for having me on the show. So I think uh, maybe from your perspective, a good place to start would be, uh, you know, what do you feel like the journey so far has been for 5G? I mean, how many years of work now has gone into this process to now finally be seeing devices on the market and starting to push that message out there? Yeah, well, 5G has been um, many, many years in the making. Um, you know, the standards have, and, and, you know, maybe if I sort of back up a little bit, 5G effectively relates to, you know, the next generation, the fifth generation of, of networking technology. And, you know, when you boil it down, it's actually a set of standards, right, that, that you know, telcos and equipment manufacturers, device manufacturers can uh, adhere to. And those standards have been in development for uh, many years. Um, but it's only since about sort of last year that you're starting to see 5G come to market. Um, interesting enough, Australia, one of the you know, first countries in the world to, to really sort of push 5G at, at scale, you know, beyond the lab, beyond the sort of the demos and, and, and tests. So, you know, it's been um, a bit of a journey. Uh, the you know, last year was all about uh, bringing the technology to, to market, putting it through its paces. Like all new technologies, there's always a few sort of uh, gremlins and things to sort of iron out in, in the first, uh, first sort of uh, iteration of, of the technology. So, um, you know, for, for Optus, we, we, you know, we launched in November last year. We, we launched our mobile um, uh, plans and, and, and products, and we also launched our, our 5G home product, which is a, a fixed-line replacement. So it was a, a momentous time for us last year, and, uh, you know, since then it's been about sort of scaling up. Uh, we're rolling out aggressively. We've got, you know, 100 sites every month coming on stream now. So it's... It's a, it's a time of, of uh, deployment and building up, and it's also, I think, a really exciting time for consumers. I mean, it, it almost reminds me of, I, I guess, the way you must have to roll out infrastructure that, uh, you know, was it long, uh, you know, was, it, was there really a period where uh, everything just sat comfortably on 4G and everyone was like, yep, we've got this lovely 
quiet time where we don't have to build masses of new things? <laughs> or was it always like, well, we've got to the end of that process and that means we've already been working on the next thing for the past you know, X number of years? Yeah, so it tends to go on, I think, like 10-year cycles, basically. Right. So, um, you know, 4G, if you go back, you know, 2000, 2011 or so, that's when, you know, 4G came out. And for, you know, the best part of, of, of nine years, it's it's been around about sort of deploying that, refining that, um, making sure that the the coverage is good, making sure that the quality of the, the data connection is good. And, you know, I think, you know, Australians are quite sort of sport, I think, in terms of the, the, the quality of the connection, because if you look internationally, I think, you know, Australia ranks number six or something like that in terms of the, the quality of the 4G connection that customers get today. So, you know, it's always, it, it always goes in waves, it always goes in cycles. And, you know, whilst, you know, we've been focused very much on, on uh, 4G, it was always going to be clear that there would be a technology that would supersede that. And, uh, you know, here we are, you know, 5G is, is a real thing. Yeah. Um, I know sort of in the way I often talk to, uh, you know, to people out there in, in the land of wondering, you know, do I buy the new thing yet or not? Um, I always like to talk about that idea where, you know, I love early adopters to death because without them, you know, so many of these technologies wouldn't get past that first hurdle of, of actually there being enough of a base that it keeps going forward. But at the same time, you always sort of say to people, you know, if you're a general user, it's not a bad idea to just wait a little while because you don't necessarily need that very first wave of the new thing. Um, where do you feel like we're at in this sort of this year, next year, the coming couple of years where you feel like that threshold is going to cross where suddenly it's like there's, there's a really solid uh, reason to buy the 5G phone or is it almost that in the upgrade cycle it just becomes that thing where it'll just end up being your next phone and that's just how it works. I think the really fascinating thing about 5G is, you know, one of the differences between 5G, and there's a few of them, but one of the differences between 5G and 4G is that it's more than mobility, right? It's more than just the mobile phone. If you go back to the advent of 4G, um, the killer app, you know, the thing that really um, was meaningful for customers around 4G was the smartphone. Smartphones have been around for a while. Um, customers have used them, but, but until the advent of 4G, they, hadn't, they weren't able to sort of enjoy the full benefits. Along comes 4G, all of a sudden you've got fast, consistent, reliable uh, data connectivity and applications like um, you know, streaming video, maps, uh, music, all of those things that are data intensive become, you know, very, um, uh, become a reality. So I think the, the thing about, um, you know, in order to answer that question, you, you've got to keep in mind that there is a, a mobility, we call it use case. So in other words, it's the, the way in which consumers use the technology. We've got a, a mobility use case. And for customers today, you know, it makes sense to, to, to buy a 5G phone and, and, and you know, get connected to 5G. Two reasons. One, they're good phones, right? So the <laughs> yeah. latest generation of phones are, are, are um, always adding new features and functionality. And the, the 5G connection will be uh, an improved sort of connection in terms of versus 4G. And so there's a degree of future-proofing, I suppose, you can, you can um, argue around, you know, getting connected to 5G for that sort of mobile use case. But at the same time, um, 5G is going to open up a range of use cases across um, non non traditional areas, and you know the the first iteration of that is fixed wireless. So you know here you've got five G actually providing connectivity to the home that is superior to what we're currently seeing in terms of you know uh, connection via cable or, or, or fiber or whatever. And so 
you know, that's a great example of 5G solving a real world, um, you know, real life customer issue today. And, and I think, you know, that that's really exciting. So we're already out there with a the product that's already you know, being well received and, and customers are, are loving it. But if you go back to the sort of the standards and, and, you know, how 5G has been designed, it's been designed from the get-go to be compatible with a range of what I'd call adjacent technologies. So, and this is why when you, you know, you type in 5G into in, on the internet and, and you know, up comes articles and, and, and uh, images, it's normally of, you know, connected cars and, and, you know, people wearing VR goggles and all this sort of stuff. And the reason for that is that the, the standards themselves have been designed to work and enable and enhance things like virtual reality, things like you know, cloud gaming, things like uh, artificial intelligence and, and edge computing and, and, and a wide range of these sort of areas, which you know, are topics in and of themselves. I and mean, we could talk about yeah. you know, virtually 100 for, for, for an hour and not sort of scratch the surface. But you know, I think you know, the, the upshot of that is that you know, the types of areas where 5G will be applied are going to be much broader than, than, than 4G. You're going to see this sort of wide frontier of innovation, much more diverse than, than what we saw with with with, uh, with 4G. So it will go in, in a number of different directions. So is there a use case today in terms of mobility? Yes, but you know, keep an eye out for these um, other use cases, these other examples of, of how 5G will make a difference. Yeah, it's a really good point there, actually. That, and I think it's sort of part of almost you know the nature of I guess trying to market sort of a new thing to people who they don't care about sort of the tech specs and things like that and so faster has typically been particularly 3g to 4g like it was a massive leap in that speed and that absolutely enabled so much about what changed in society through the last decade where we were able to share a video from our phone i mean i remember not really being you know you had to wait till you got home to download it so you could then upload it through radius you know it was not a thing you could do on 3g easily but then that became so normal yeah um, so, yeah, that sort of changed now. I'm wondering about things like where, again, amongst the nerds, we sort of know that like latency type discussions become so much bigger a thing. Mm. Uh, and a lot of these sort of weird peer to peer type things with 5G that we still don't really see yet, but it's part of that future. Mm. Um, you know, how do you feel like you sort of start to show people, or do you think we're starting to get an idea of how we sort of sell the idea of latency to people uh, when it comes to how it enables? new things to happen yeah so maybe again sort of backtracking and thinking about the technology itself so mm. there's sort of three core benefits around 5g as it relates to connectivity and you know you've hit on the notion of um you know it's faster yes okay so we were fast with 4g and, and 5g is going to be faster still but you've got two important concepts that um you know are being delivered by 5g which you know we're in the process of, of basically explaining to consumers and, and bringing them on on, on the journey one of those is latency. So latency, you know, um, for those that aren't aware, is is this notion of, of the time it takes for a for data to sort of transit the network. And you know, if you're doing things that are real time, for example, gaming, uh, it becomes very important. And you know, if, if you don't, if you have a lot of latency, then then all of a sudden certain applications you know, fall over. Basically, they don't work very well. So, you know, what's going to happen with with five G is that we're going to see super low latency, and all of a sudden you start to get um, types of applications that, that, that open up. For example, if you can do real-time uh, processing very, very quickly, you no longer need um, compute power 
at, at, at the edge. You can do it in, in the cloud, right? Mm. So, you know, so things like VR, so you can do VR today, but chances are you've got to have a you know, super high-end PC or whatever it is <laughs> yeah. to run, run, run all the graphics and everything else, and you can't literally be walking around the streets with, with the you know, PC sort of strapped to your back. So, you know, as soon as you're able to um, do that compute in the cloud and transmit the information very, very quickly to the edge, and by the edge I mean the consumer, be that a phone or a set of glasses or whatever it is, um, you're able to do a hell of a lot more in terms of particularly graphics rendering and anything sort of um, uh, heavy, intensive in terms of, of, of processing power. So that's that's one benefit. So latency, ultra-low latency is, is, is going to be you know, one of those ideas that, that sort of um, grow in terms of, of, of potential uh, as a result of 5G. The second is this notion of you know, mass connectivity, and you know we've all heard about the Internet of Things. You know, it's a, it's a term that gets used quite a bit. I think five G is going to be very important in making that come to life because, you know, whereas uh, you know four G, yes, you're able to connect a number of devices, and, and you know the number of of devices that can connect to a tower can be counted in the thousands today. Five uh, G has been specifically designed so that you know, millions of of things can connect to it, and all of a sudden. You know, that means that the variety of things that you can start to to connect just proliferates. So I think it's going to be very important in terms of the the delivery of the you know the IoT dream, as it were, in terms yeah. of you know the, the 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 notion that everything is connected and and there is some sort of embedded connectivity and all sorts of, of of devices. You know, five G is going to be a fundamental enabler of, of of that. So speed, yes, but then you've got these ideas of latency and and you know, mass connectivity. Now, how you explain those and how you communicate that to consumers in a meaningful way—that's where it gets a little bit more more challenging. And you know, we, like other other companies out there, we're, we're sort of trying to you know, educate and bring consumers on, on on the journey. I think the good news is is that these will become apparent when the applications themselves start to to develop. And you know, like all technologies, there'll be an ecosystem that that starts to emerge around this. You know, the 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 sort of first iteration of this, you're seeing you know, first generation handsets. Well. You know, by the time there's a second or third, you know, and the and the you know, the chipset manufacturers and the and the application developers all start to sort of get their heads around what the potential is here, then you'll start to see, I think, a much broader range of, of services. And then, you know, in terms of explaining that to consumers, it becomes a lot more easy because the the, the benefits are that much more tangible. Yeah, um, I mean, one of those things that probably helps to make people feel a little bit easier might be explaining. Uh, how it works if you know you've bought the five G phone because you live in the middle of you know, a city that's got a great sort of bit of coverage at this point, but then if you regularly travel to the country or something like that, you know all that sort of five G four G handover stuff works perfectly fine in all those kinds of devices at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, four G sorry five G has been designed uh, specifically to be a lot um, more easier to deploy for for, for telcos, and, and I won't go into the sort of the, the, the details here, but it, it, you know, the, the way that 5G is delivered at the moment actually sort of is a 4G, 5G hybrid. It, it uses 4G as, as, as a certain layer um, and allows you to connect to 5G when it's available and, it, and it's you know, very seamless in the way that it works. The other thing is that you know, the spectrum that's deployed to use um, uh, 5G, you know, the standards have helped um, telcos manage that a lot more dynamically. You're able to sort of share spectrum before between different you know, 4G and 5G was previously you had to sort of you know, remove customers from one and put customers on the other yeah. so it's, it's a it's a, a lot more flexible in terms of the way it's deployed and it's a lot more scalable in terms of the, the 
type of spectrum, the type of technology that it utilizes. Yeah. And I mean, look, another thing on that point is even sort of me as a, as a nerd who likes to sort of dig into this stuff, I feel like sometimes it then is actually more confusing at the moment when you see these discussions of sub six and millimeter wave and all these sorts of yeah. elements that are, that are out there and that, okay, different sort of ways that it's going to work will suit you know, long range versus short range communication, all that sort of stuff. Can you sort of, um, I mean, maybe touching on a little bit of that tech, but help to explain how that will just blend together rather than be a weird roadblock somewhere down the track? Because some of the writing about it makes it feel like there's a weird sort of, uh, you know, aspect to how that is all going to fit together. Yeah, and the way and way I describe it is, is again, the, the sort of if, if, if difference number one between 4G and 5G was you know, 5G is more than mobility. The second difference is this notion that 5G will be an evolution, not a revolution, right? And, and by that I mean it's not all going to happen all at once and we're going to wake up tomorrow and have the, 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 the full you know, flavour of, of 5G available. It's going to take, mm. it's going to occur in stages and Spectrum uh, is, is a good example of how that's going to happen. So, you know, Spectrum, again, just to sort of go back a little bit, obviously, you know, wireless communication occurs by, by you know, uh, using radio waves and, and radio waves can be sort of split into, into sort of different bands and, and those bands are sort of managed by the government, etc. And in any given situation, in any given country, there's different bands that are available to different operators at different points in time. So, um, you know, let's take millimeter wave, and millimeter wave is, is at one end of that sort of um, radio wave um, spectrum. Um, in the states, millimeter wave is, is available today, and so you're seeing companies over there start to uh, utilize that and, and roll that out for, for applications, in particular fixed wireless. Um, and you know that that's already happening in Australia. Millimeter wave isn't available, and um, the, the government is looking to, um, uh, to to license that you know next year. Uh, and at some stage in the future, that will will, will, be, will be available. So, um, you know, the the availability of that spectrum, and in the case of millimeter wave, you can do some pretty cool things with it because it, it provides very very high speeds, think, you know, gigabit per second sort of connectivity. Doesn't have such great you know range, so the the the, the signal doesn't go quite as far. Um, you know, that's going to be available to different countries and different carriers in different countries at different stages. So you kind of have this staggered start that's going to occur um, where it, the, 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 um, the actual rollout of 5G will occur in slightly different ways and different, at different paces um, uh, around the world, but also even within, within the country. And the other thing to think about as well, just in terms of the timing of 5G evolution, is that you know, it's, it's a significant undertaking. So as a, as a, as a telco, you know, Optus is, is busy building out uh, 5G at the moment. It's not just about going out and upgrading a few towers because the the technology itself is is not just the the towers and the and the radio side of, of the network, but the actual core. So the core, what we, what we mean by core is that's the sort of the, the part of the network that connects the towers together and provides all of the mm. the smarts, you know, in terms of how the functionality that the the, the um, network provides. That's got to be replaced too. So yeah. you know, it is a is a major. It's like a you know heart lung transplant. Basically, you've got to rip out all this <laughs> infrastructure and 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 modernise it, and that all has that all, that all takes time, and that will you know will will require you know, years of, of investment and years of, of, of modernisation. So those factors um, in particular are just going to mean that you know the the 
the 5G that we've got today will continue to evolve. The 5G that the features that um, you'll see will continue to to improve. But your point's right. I think for a consumer, it can be a little bit confusing because it's like, well, hold on. You know, I heard that you know this millimeter wave in the states or whatever it is. Why aren't we getting it here? Well, it, it just varies by by country and varies by market. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Uh, might be good to dig in a little bit on the sort of the fixed side of things. I mean, clearly, uh, over the past 10 years, uh, we've had a wonderful battle over the way in which fixed hardline internet might actually work and the way in which it has evolved hasn't necessarily been up to everybody's uh, liking, but it's clearly opened the door for uh, for wireless opportunities. I actually know my parents have had uh, Optus fixed uh, wireless for many years because they live in a little country town, but it turns out that little country town has one really good, is it, I think the 4GX or 4G Plus mm, tower, yeah. um, which has meant that they've actually had a brilliant <laughs> service yeah. available in a way that ADSL just wasn't going to cope with. So for them, they've happily been on this sort of fixed wireless setup for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I guess 5G is then sort of a very sort of different level of how that fixed experience might work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, as you, as you mentioned, you know, fixed wireless is not a new thing. It's been around for, for a wee while. Um, but I think the challenge you've always had is that, you know, with the, uh, the, the, the types of spectrum that's been available, it's, it's always been, um, you know, a, a, a suitable alternative for, for someone that maybe has sort of low usage or, or low requirements in terms of, of, of speeds, for example. With 5G, all of a sudden you've got a technology that is on par, if not superior, to what you can get elsewhere in terms of, you know, wireline connectivity using you know, fiber to the premise or, or cable or copper or whatever it is. So it, it's opened up a real, you know, superb opportunity in terms of delivering fast connectivity to the home as well as the convenience that comes along with wireless because, as I'm sure you know, the, the, the setup that's required for wireless is, is that much simpler, right? You, you basically get the modem, you take it home, you switch it on and, and, and you're good to go. So you're not 
not you know getting engineers around or taking days off work or drilling holes through walls all of that sort of goes away and it becomes a, a much simpler much um, more straightforward installation um, experience so you know for us that that um, culmination of, of technology and opportunity and customer benefits meant that you know it was going to be um, you know a bit of a no-brainer for us to, to look at, at at fixed wireless as it relates to, to, to 5g and you know the experience that we've had to date has has you know proved that to be true. So you know customers that are connected to, to the Optus 5G home product today are getting average speeds of 180 megabits per second. We're getting some customers as as much as half a gigabit per second. You know, and so in terms of overall speed experience, that that's you know far superior than you know to, to, to the best that you can get elsewhere. So you know I think that's that's really exciting. I think it it sort of adds a new dimension now to to the the, the fixed market. I think it's um, it, it, it's, it's, and, and with things like millimeter wave, I think you know you've got a, a sort of a, a parallel path. I think now with fixed line technology. Mm. Um, I haven't looked at sort of how the plans actually fit together. Is is it like I know one of those problems with some of these sort of older like four G type fixed plans, as you'd say, would be uh, you know, but I've only got twenty gigabits, you know, twenty gigabytes for the month. Um, is it a bit different for sort of this five G experience, or could people still accidentally use it all in two minutes? Yeah, so yeah, so you're right. I mean, we've we've sort of gone on a bit of a, a journey when it comes to, to fixed uh, broadband. Um, you know, the, the the notion of capped plans is is uh, you know, fortunately, I think sort of um, no longer the, the the norm. And and you know, from from our perspective, the the the, the concept of selling gigabytes is is just a bit strange, right? Because the average consumer doesn't. Go home of an evening and say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch you know ten gigabytes of Netflix <laughs> or whatever it is. It's like I'm gonna watch a show. Or I'm yeah. gonna do this. I'm gonna so so we're almost sort of selling things that 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 consumers don't understand. I don't understand. I mean, I don't I don't think instead of gigabytes of of of, of usage, you just want to use the internet. You just yeah. want to do stuff. So um, you know, with that in mind, the the design of the five uh, G plan was deliberately unlimited. So you know, you, we've got no data caps on that. And I think what you're going to see is you know, a, a, a shift ultimately away from capped plans being the norm and services maybe taking more of a sort of a central role. Yeah. You know, consumers understand what, what things like Netflix are, understand you know, the sort of the service offerings and, and therefore being able to sort of pay for something that a consumer uses and say, you know, this, this connection is, is fit for purpose as it relates to streaming video or, or gaming or whatever it is, becomes much more obvious much more tangible and an easier thing to, to communicate so you know that's the journey that that, that we're on um, in the case of, of Optus specifically you know entertainment is, is a again a key sort of concept that we're looking at particularly in the home particularly around streaming video you know we've got a you know a number of years of, of history and learnings as it relates to, to streaming video and we want to use that as we go into the world of 5g because I think some of the really cool stuff that you're seeing um, in terms of future future applications of 5G, such as virtual reality and augmented reality, I think will, will totally transform the way that, that consumers are entertained. Mm. And it's a really good point on that sort of services side. I know, look, and you know, I'll admit I had a moan about it when it was announced. The uh, the fact that some of the Olympic sort of 4K broadcasting is going to be uh, exclusive to sort of 5G fixed home. It's like, well. Not that many people in the country are going to get it, get to kind of play with that. But it, it reminds me then that 
Optus has kind of really built quite a strategy around that sort of sports relationship. I'm curious how uh, powerful that's been for you. you know, is it sort of is is this almost part of that idea that you found sort of people have really uh, you know turned to Optus because you've been delivering some of these sports experiences? Yeah, no, we've we've obviously built up the you know portfolio of, of sports content that we offer, and we we're very proud of the you know the Optus Sport offering and, and and what that delivers to consumers. I think when it comes to 5G, it kind of comes back to the point that we were talking about before. How do you demonstrate the potential? How do you yeah. demonstrate the the um, the reason to sort of go to 5G? And I think, you know, as as we go on that journey of that sort of next generation of of entertainment experience, you know, we want to be able to you know, use the the technology to its full potential. And I think the challenge that you find is that you know some of these technologies i mean we we're just doing a, a you know a, a virtual reality demo today and and you know some of it works on 4g today but not that well you yeah. know so so you, you put it on 5g and, and it is better and i think being able to you know explain it to consumers and deliver on the on the promise in a way right around the the experience requires you to have the infrastructure requires you to have the the, the connectivity that, that that makes it come to life best for consumers mm. do you feel like um this is sort of a tangential question there, but it's uh, the whole idea of sort of exclusive partnerships with content. Is that kind of a really important part of winning people over sort of to to your sort of, you know, to choosing your network in, I guess, an environment where, you know, sort of that delineation between one, work, one network and another isn't necessarily all that obvious, um, you know, in the modern world when it is just, you know, networking is all pervasive. It's kind of there around us when we need it. So trying to find those ways to sort of demonstrate why someone should choose you has to be quite tricky. Yeah, look, exclusive partnerships are, I suppose, one means of, of you know, delivering value for consumers and, and, and you know, demonstrating what, what our network um, can do. But I think it's, it's broader than that. I think the key concept for us is this notion of delivering experiences that are better on Optus. So, you know, if you think about even an experience that you can get anywhere, something like Netflix. You know, our ambition is to make Netflix better on Optus. And, and the, the technology behind making that happen is, is quite complex. You know, it goes, yeah. <laughs> it's everything from the connection speed and making sure you're on the right technology. It's, it goes into the home in terms of how you set up in the home and how, how your home uh, is, is, is connected and, and set up. It goes all the way back up into the, to the network and how... The, the network is you know, all the all the plumbing, if you like, of the of the network sort of brings the content into into the network and makes it uh, distributed. So, it's about you know making that um, that experience superior. It's also about choice. Uh, I think one of the things we've we've found with the um, you know the, the the explosion of over the top content that you've now got there out there in the market is it's great for consumers in terms of lots of really exciting, engaging content that consumers can view. But at the same time, there's almost too much choice, and and being able to sort of find and navigate and and choose between the different providers is now um, probably more complex than it's ever been. So, I think the 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 notion of you know exclusive partnerships sits alongside uh, the idea of a network that delivers content better on Optus. sits alongside the concept of, of providing that choice and simplicity for customers when it comes to choosing the right content. Mm. And. Uh Around sort of, I guess that idea sort of jumping back slightly, but you know when you're talking about the unlimited sort of idea of, of you know, removing that sort of cap concept, it did remind me that 
I remember when I sort of first chose an unlimited plan that as much as technically I could have chosen a plan that, you know, that I could still sit under, that there was that sort of freedom of my brain just being able to go, it's not a calculation I need to make anymore. And, And the way in which I was able to just let everybody use as much internet as in the house as possible, you know, two kids, uh, there was something nice about that. And then it does kind of mean that that, that I think marries quite well then with that second aspect of, of the uh, higher speeds that uh, when I've often tried to describe to people what higher speed really means, because you're like, well, I don't need to download that. 10 seconds, 5 seconds doesn't necessarily make a difference. But when you explain that idea of it's about the, the and of everything in the house being able to do, you know, all those things at the same time, uh, I know that sort of during the latest school holidays there, while I was doing a live radio cross to uh, to the ABC, I was like, okay, kids, can you just stop streaming for a mm. while? Because yeah. I don't want my phone bandwidth to, yeah. <laughs> to drop out in the middle of a stream. So, yeah. um, it, like, I really kind of like that idea that by trying to remove those various roadblocks, it, it does help to, in a way that I guess that mobile uh, transformation happened through the past decade where people stopped having to think about what their phone could do. Hmm. Um, it, it does kind of, yeah, catch me that, that that home experience could keep being improved by that idea that everything can just get on with it if, if it works the way we all hoped it was going to work when we first yeah. got promised a fabulous, exciting NBA. Yeah, so look, I think, I mean, it, it, it's a good example, right? The, the, the idea, it's a bit like the, you know, the hot water at home and doing a shower, right? <laughs> yeah. don't, don't touch the hot water while I'm in the shower, otherwise I'll be very <laughs> angry. So, and, and it's the same... With, with with bandwidth to, to the home and you know the, the 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 benefit of 5g is is you can yes deliver speeds but you've got that sort of capacity as well so multiple users doing multiple things in in, in the home but i think you, you've sort of touched on an interesting concept there as well right which is you don't have to think you don't have to sort of check yourself before you do something or your kids do something and, and think about oh you know how many gigs is that going how long have they been on and blah blah blah, blah, blah. yeah yeah i think the, the 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 benefit of that sort of unlimited concept is something that is exciting i think for for, for customers and i think when you think about 5g it provides that natural and it's that you know the overused term convergence right but all of a sudden you're you've got technology convergence between um, the home and out and about it's the same technology delivering that connectivity so all of a sudden you can sort of start to sort of Forget about connectivity almost, right? Because connectivity should just be this thing that exists. You don't, you shouldn't have to think about it. You shouldn't have to get it. You shouldn't have to worry too much about where it is and where it isn't. It should just be there. And, you know, then, then it starts to unlock some of the, the really exciting applications, the really exciting things that, that um, it enables, right? In terms of, of services and, and, and applications and so on. So I think, you know, the, the, the advent of, of 5G, the use in the home, the availability out of the home, I think, is sort of setting us on a path that to sort of start to, you know, take away some of those those barriers to to, to consumption to for, for customers to sort of use this technology. Yeah, um, probably the other big thing that is that plays on people's minds with mobile networks uh, is sort of congestion type issues. So I'm you know curious on what you feel like. Like, does five G solve for that problem um, in a way that I remember during. The 4G rollouts, we had the various sort of, um, you know, the the enhancements to 4G over the years that would uh, yeah, promise things like, oh, it'll help make, you know, stadium sort of congestion better and things like that. Um, are some of those things, you know, sort of a real possibility within the way that the 5G networks work? Or is some of that almost part of that sort of longer term promise of all these discussions of how, like, well, like, say, when there's a million devices on at once, 
um, and it stops being purely about, you know, everything has to talk to the tower at exactly the same time, which is usually where that congestion issue comes from. Yeah, look, congestion is always a sort of an ongoing you know, battle for, for, for a telco, right? You're sort of building out infrastructure and you want to deliver it to where consumers use, use the network. And so you've got to be aware and, and, and mindful of, of where customers are using it and how customers are using it. And so we're always sort of looking to put, put the network infrastructure in, in, in those places. I think 5G is going to be interesting because it sort of uh, adds a few uh, extra sort of um, uh, options for, for our network colleagues when it comes to sort of building it out. Um, you know, you've, you've touched upon the millimeter wave before, and I think, you know, the, the range of spectrum that is available under 5G is a lot more than, than 4G. The, the, again, the, the guys that do the standards have, have designed it in such a way that it's quite flexible, quite sort of scalable. So, you know, as soon as you've got um, even, you know, mid-band spectrum that we've got today, today we're using you know, 3,500 megahertz spectrum. Um, that traditionally hasn't been used for, for mobile. So that's, if you like, sort of extra fresh capacity right, that we can sort yeah. of bring to bear. When millimeter wave comes along, again, we can sort of bring that to bear and sort of open up the, the, the pipes a little bit in terms of how that, how that works. And so I think with, with 5G, you, the, the, the ability to eliminate congestion and manage the network uh, more effectively is going to be uh, easier. The second concept is um, the idea of how that spectrum is managed. And, uh, you know, the, there's... Again, getting a little bit sort of techy, there's this notion of dynamic spectrum sharing, but it allows you to um, take what is spectrum used for 4G and slowly turn it over to 5G as and when you need it. And so, again, you've got more flexibility in terms of dialing up the capacity and managing managing um, the network, which I think is really exciting. And then finally, and it's sort of an adjacent concept, but but part of the, the 5G story as well is that the the network technology itself is being moved to much more of a virtualized world. So, you know, instead of having dedicated boxes basically driving certain uh, applications and connecting the, the, the network, you, you, we're moving to a world where it's um, more software-defined. So, in other words, the, the boxes are all generic and, and it can be scaled and, and automated and, and orchestrated in, in a way that, that can accommodate greater levels of usage. Mm. So, you know, the, imagine a... You know, a big dial, basically, that the engineers are able to sort of dial up and down, depending on you know where the the, the load is coming onto the onto the network. That's that basically the 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 the, the promise that the network virtualization will, will deliver. So, is at the moment the choice between, I guess, you know, looking at how how things expand or how quickly they expand in sort of dense areas of the country versus uh, new sites around the country? Is it a bit of a plate spinning spinning exercise to sort of think? Okay, what's the next place we need to send 5G to? How do we sort of make sure we've got the right coverage of the nation, but also that we've got the right coverage in the places it's actually being used the most? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we'll, we'll go to where the customers use it today, and, and that will be an actual sort of priority for us in terms of, of deploying the network. So, you know, the, the good news is, is that we're not sort of starting from a standing start. We've got, you know, a great 4G network that we're sort of building on top of. So 5G becomes a, a great opportunity to sort of, enhance that and augment that and and like i say i think unlike unlike 3g where there was a sort of massive step change and you really knew it if you didn't if you did or didn't get it i think because the the evolution of 5g is going to take a, a while and 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 the the starting point of 4g is so good it won't i don't think it'll be quite as stuck for customers in terms of sort of dropping in and out but over the long term we'll definitely sort of notice it as as some of the the new functionality and new features come to bear mm. Um, so what do you feel like is the toughest challenge in 2020 when it comes to, you know, what are you most focused on with getting right 
for this year of bringing 5G to market? Yeah, I mean, I think this this year is a is a um, a year of growth for us. You know, we are scaling uh, rapidly, and you know, the the, the engineers and, and, and the network team are sort of you know absolutely flat tack in terms of deployment at the moment. And it's a logistics game, right? So it's mm. about you know going and, and, and putting up, up up towers and and you know antennas and, and, and the like. So I think this year's challenge is very much the sort of the the foot race to, to get get the scale in the network and to get that deployed. But I think at the same time, I think there is, um, and I think we were touching on it before, I think there's that sort of education piece, right? There's the explanation to customers of, of why 5G, and, and in our case, why Optus, um, because it, it, it it's one of those sort of things where you'll get a natural understanding of, of some customers, the early adopters, but, but for, for the majority, it has to come back to, you know, what's in it for me? What's the, the, the real sort of tangible benefits? And I think, you know, we've got it in the case of, of mobility and, and speed, and we definitely have it in terms of fixed, in terms of being able to sort of enhance that and being able to sort of explain that to the average person on the street to say, hey, you know, we, we can we can make your life better by, by today, you know, not some point in the future, not when you upgrade your phone or whatever it is today. You know, that communication challenge, I think, is, is, is what we're sort of really pushing hard on at the moment. Mm. I mean, look, I might you know, ask you that in a really direct sense for you to give that clear pitch, which is the, you know, what uh, what is the kind of the most clear benefit to someone deciding I am going to move to 5G this month, you know, February 2020, uh, you know, what is a clear benefit that they can get out of sort of making that move right now? So let's start with mobile. So mobile, you know, it's about having the, the, the future ready Handset, right? So, in other words, when you when you buy that handset, it's going to be five G ready. It's going to be a, the next generation of handset. It's going to be improved features and functionality. And as the network arrives, as it scales, you're 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 ready to sort of enjoy the benefits of it. So that for me is is the reason why when it comes to, to mobility, when it comes to fixed, well, you know, it's about the the fact that you can get high speed, simple access. Um, for great value as well in, in terms of the, the, the product that we're sort of offering at the moment. And it's a, it's a great alternative to what else, what, what is out there in the marketplace. And so, you know, for, for consumers that, that do a lot of um, video streaming, that consume a lot in the home, uh, for those that want the convenience and, and speed, I think we've got a great product for them. Yeah, cool. Um, and so sort of what, you know, are there any actually, it's probably a good question, any particular examples of how it's being you know, real world implemented for interesting use cases at the moment that leap out at you as really cool examples of what you've seen so far. I know, you know, sort of different companies I've seen setting up test sites to sort of prove different things, but have you sort of heard from any, uh, you know, users or companies out there that have gone, oh my God, I've been able to do this because I've actually now made that move? Yeah, I, yeah in terms of what I'm, I'm finding exciting, I think, you know, and, and again, it's probably influenced by the fact of, of you know working for a company that has a, a very high focus on, on entertainment and, and content but I think the areas of, of gaming the areas of uh, virtual reality and augmented reality for me uh, from a consumer perspective I mean there's a few interesting ex- you know, things going on in the enterprise space but from for an average consumer those I think are going to be where it gets really exciting um, you know virtual reality the ability to sort of go um, you know, courtside and 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 watch a, watch a game. You know, as if you're sitting um, at the at the side of the court, and you know, to be able to sort of 
get a, a virtual overlay of stats around your player That's as really they play, cool. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I was saying about, you know, this notion of volumetric um, um, video, I don't know whether that's something you've, you've sort of covered, but this idea that you're, you're recording video through an array of cameras, so it's not like 360 video, it's like you can transport yourself virtually to anywhere on the pitch, right? So yeah. think about that. So, you know, you're in the boxing ring with, with, with the box. <laughs> you're, you're standing next to the umpire as the guy bowls the ball. It, it's, it, it just totally changes the, the, the paradigm. And I think, you know, we've seen a few false starts, you know, with 3D TV and a few other things as it, as it relates to, to content. But for me, this feels, that particular area feels um, hugely compelling. So the whole augmented reality, virtual reality and, and entertainment. And then gaming, and I think you know you've got a, a bunch of folks that are I think naturally early adopters when it comes to technology and, and looking for, for for the for the edge in terms of, of you know gaming experience. And I think you know what you're seeing in terms of gaming, what you what you'll get in terms of uh, cloud gaming, mobile cloud gaming. I think there's there's a, there's a lot of potential there. So for me, those are the areas to watch. Yeah, and look, that is a really good point on that courtside VR type experience. I have played with some of the NBA uh, tech that they've been using. And the thing that, you know, it's it's brilliant to be able to have that experience of going, oh, wait, there's a camera on top of the backboard? Yeah, I want to <laughs> yeah. sit on the backboard. Yeah, exactly. And that's like a brilliant experience. But where it has been at so far, the big issue feels like it's the resolution and the, hmm. like, that it just, you can tell you're looking through a, a weird camera that, yeah. you know, because in the end, you know, the, the, the limits of the camera on your face in the VR sort of goggles, mm. all those different things. You go, this this could get a lot better. And yeah. you're right. When we get to that point where you go, that could be a, a real-time feed of very high-resolution video, mm. uh, suddenly that would be a very different experience. That's yeah. really quite exciting. Absolutely. So I think you're, you're starting to see sort of advancements in each of these areas, and, and it feels to me as if the, you know, the planets are starting to come into alignment around some of these these. Um, applications and, and, and uh, ways in which the technology is used and um, yeah it's, it's, it's exciting I think the having seen it's one of those sort of things that's a bit hard to sort of describe you know you've got to actually see it and, and, and experience it to get the, the the true sense of it yeah but once you've you've seen how it works it is it is uh, quite mind-blowing yeah and look I think also on that question of when people are in their upgrade cycle with a phone that I can kind of imagine that part of that message is exactly like you said there at the moment where for most people it would be uh, you know, we're now into that window where if you're buying that new, you know, Galaxy or iPhone or whatever, that you go, well, once once that device is offering you the 5G option, you might as well take the 5G option because you probably don't want to have to buy another one in like until, like these days, most people seem to sit on it for three or four years or something, at least from my perspective, you probably have much better data about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it feels like people don't want to have to buy the new one until they're just ready to buy a new phone. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, that sort of future connectivity, future proofing around the device. And, and, you know, I think what you'll find is that with each iteration of, of operating system and applications, again, you, the, the ecosystem will start to coalesce and you'll start to see uh, pockets of innovation that, that for those that have the handset, for those that, that could sort of upgrade the, the operating system will all of a sudden start to get, you know, start to experience and start to uh, be able to access. Mm. So is there anything else from the, the history or the future of 5G uh, that's on your mind that we haven't touched on yet? No, I mean, it's a big topic and I think we've sort of touched most of the bases. I think it's a, a really exciting topic. I think there's, there's a lot of, lot of buzz. 
I think there's also a little bit of confusion out there in the market. So it's it's a topic that I think you know we as as, a, as an industry we're going to have to keep to you know continue to work at to sort of communicate and, and educate and, and and you know make sure that consumers understand the benefits. But you know, from my my perspective, it's exciting times. Well, so what do you feel like are some of the are, are there new ways that you're going to try to talk to the public about sort of about five G? Uh, I mean, you know, clearly 15, 30 second TV season things, it's hard to, mm. <laughs> to, to get across a message. And yeah, there's certain obvious ways to just say, buy the new thing. But mm. yeah, there's a lot of complexity here that I'm sure you want to help people to get through. Yeah, look, there is. And I think, you know, we'll continue to, to try and, you know, convey these these concepts like latency or, or mass communication <laughs> or connectivity or those sorts of things. But I think the simplest way to, 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 to get customers uh, used to 5G is to is to you know address needs that they have today and and you know again you take something like fixed and and you, you've got existing uh, you know customer pain points and frustrations that you can sort of point to and say hey look you know we can make it easy you can you can get this you know great value super fast connectivity simple to install why wouldn't you you know and, and that's where you start yeah. and then from there you can you can you know continue to have a conversation yeah brilliant Harvey thank you so much for your time thanks thanks very much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm